Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! He persisted, intent on bringing her to orgasm before taking his own pleasure. Wrapping her arms around him, she gripped him tightly and lifted her hips to meet his. She ground against him with an intensity he was not accustomed to. It thrilled him that she was enjoying their coupling to such a degree. Her desire fueled his own and he kissed her hard, taking her mouth as he had her pussy. His tongue thrust into her, matching his cock thrust for thrust. With one hand, he reached down and pinched her nipple, making her squirm in ecstasy. Neil. Yes. Neil. Yes. You're reading a book. I am. In my presence. Yes. We're together. (laughs) Okay, well, let's do the thing and then we'll do the thing. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you've just come here for uh, regular old reviews of regular old books, you're getting neither. (laughs) Regular old books. Because we're going to spoil everything that we can remember to spoil. We will tell you the beginnings, ishes, middles, ishes, and endings, ishes. But definitely you're going to know what happens. And (laughs) we have been drinking gin, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. Um... Claire. Yes. Happy 100th episode. Happy 100th episode. And Christine. Hey. <laughs> uh, how have we. Hello. Ch- Hello. Hello. <laughs> how have we chosen to celebrate our 100th episode? We're in the same room. We're in the same, same room. room. In the city of brotherly love. Flauflia. Flauflia. Listeners, as a as a present to you, but mostly to ourselves, yes. Claire and I took very stressful plane rides here. <laughs> Fuck you, Tatum. <laughs> Fuck you, Tatum. <laughs> He's too young to listen to this, but he'll know. Anyway, uh, and now we are in Christine's house recording like the olden times. So our, our, we sound different. We feel different. There's a whole different energy going on There's here. There's a vibe. There's a vibe. Gin and chaos and the fact that we've been just like touching each other for two days. <laughs> <sighs> Both sexually and platonically. <laughs> so platonic toe sucking. Um, <laughs> so Claire. I'm too curious. <laughs> um, so I picked books. You did. You picked two books. What did you pick? I picked uh, Rescued by the Buccaneer Pirates of the Jolie Rouge, Book One by Normandy Alman. Almond? Alamin, I'm sorry, Normandy, I don't know how to say your last name. And a fashionable indulgence, a Society of Gentlemen novel, Society of Gentlemen series, book one by K.J. Charles. Yay! And what was the theme? The theme, I was so excited. I saved this just for episode 100. 
problematic faves. Uh, now, and 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 please let people know what does problematic faves mean, and whose problematic faves are they? So, problematic faves are character types, tropes that we love, that people love, but also acknowledge are problematic, which is fine. Everybody's got a kink. Everybody's got a kink. Everybody's got a fantasy. It's, yeah, that's fine. Just, if you do that thing, take the problematic things out of it when you do it in real life. Uh, But for this episode, I picked our problematic faves. Uh So for our straight book was Claire's problematic fave, or one of your problematic faves. (laughs) I don't know if it's your, like, most fave problematic fave. I don't know. It it feels like one of my most problematic faves. There you go. (laughs) Which is kidnapping. Kidnapping. Napping. Spoiler, spoiler, it didn't fit the theme, and I'm sorry. <laughs> when we get to it, I'm going to tell you what was going on in my head when I read that thing, and you'll understand why I, because I don't read that trope, I'm like, I don't know what words I'm looking for to get the thing that I want. <laughs> anyway, and then uh, my problematic fave is someone being brought into the British aristocracy, like a, oh, a secret inheritance, etc., etc. And I feel like then this was a really good way to present how problematic that fave can be, Yeah. while also presenting it in kind of an interesting way. Yeah, 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 we're going to talk about it. But first, uh, yes, Claire. Yes, what's got you hot and bothered? Oh my God, what's going on with the airlines? Girl, what is going on with the airlines? I just look. Okay, to get out of Texas, you have to take two planes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's very, very big. Look, I mean, I okay. So, I mean, and I see that I traveled further in one plane than you did in two planes. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, and then getting out of San Antonio or into San Antonio seems to always take two planes. I'm assuming getting in and out of Houston doesn't take two planes unless you're going to San Antonio, Carlino. <laughs> so anyway, it took me two planes to get here. There was, you know, uh, it's, there's, I've never taken a direct flight in and out of San Antonio in my life. I feel like it's just always, we gotta stop somewhere. It's like, Sorry, you got to get off this plane and get on another one that looks just like it. <laughs> it looks just like it with the same crew, but it's going to a completely different place. That actually did happen one time. Good. Like it was an entirely different plane and it was the same crew. Oh my God. Oh, that poor crew. Um, anyway, uh, and I was stuck on this particular plane. Usually I don't hate flying with children. I get it. You have to take kids places uh, sometimes. No, you don't. Uh <laughs> Uh, lock them in the basement. No, just uh, whatever. It's fine. We'll not get into it because no, I'll mean, lose friends. But I get it. I get it. You have to like travel with sure, kids. Sure, sure. It just happens. So I try to be like very zen about it and just uh-huh. be like, this is a thing that happens. And I, when I tell you the number of child problems I had on these planes, <laughs> like from a child throwing a fit because she thought I was in her seat, although she did give me candy to apologize. So, you know, what can you do? <laughs> and good candy, too. And it was good candy. Yeah. But then her mother uh, had a fit in her sleep and punched me in the back twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I just felt like I wasn't winning. 
And then uh, there was a whole parade of children from middle schools who were just on here and they were just having their own thing happening, like like just shaking each other's chairs and always calling for this little boy named Tatum. Tatum, Tatum, look at me. Tatum, look at me. Look at this, Tatum. Tatum, I have this. Tatum, I have took pictures of your eyes. <laughs> Which was a real thing that a little girl yelled for a half an hour. Goodness. <laughs> and it's like, Tatum doesn't care, and I don't think anybody else does. And you're going to look back on this and regret it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then Tatum hit me with his backpack on that plane. Oh, Tatum. <sighs> Tatum. 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 <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> I mean, a lot of the problems I just stated are not actually the airline's fault. I have some. Yes, please. On my flight here, uh, they got to boarding group seven out of nine. And they're like, the rest of you, you have to check your bags now. Oh. No more room. And then, of course, because I was in group nine, of course, as I was walking down, I was clocking. I could have fit my bag there. I could have fit my bag there. That person should put that bag under their seat. I could have fit my bag there. I hate it when they I hate have, it. like just totally like they're, they're little fucking purses. Yeah, or like a flat little backpack. Yeah, or something that is even remotely smaller than a carry-on, but also cloth. Sun hats. Like, no. The bitches who no. take sun hats on a plane. Let me tell you what. No, no. you put your sun hat in your suitcase like no. a lady. Better. You were going somewhere where they sell sun hats. Oh. Buy your sun hat there. And then you know what? Give it to the Goodwill there. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and guess what? Some other tourists can buy it at that Goodwill. There you go. Because you didn't need to take your sun hat there. Yeah. Well, you say that. When I went to Palm Springs last summer, I bought the largest sun hat I could find that was also still manageable. <laughs> it, it was literally like this big. <laughs> I'm doing a gesture, which I can do because we're in the same room. Yay! Yay! Although podcast is a visual medium, so I just have to say, um, imagine a man's shoulders. And Neil has pretty wide shoulders. I'm he's rather a, broad. He's a good looking guy. And just <laughs> take the brim of that hat out more. <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So yeah, I just, like... Also, I feel like they used to give you food on airplanes when you flew across the country. Yeah, they did. But now they don't. They don't. Here's your cracker. Here's Though, to be fair... Sometimes I, you get two sets of crackers. I flew American and I did get a Biscoff cookie. Oh, nice cracker. And a little <laughs> cookie. Well, barely. But no, they're... <laughs> I've had a Biscoff. They are mostly cracker. <laughs> Cinnamony cracker. <laughs> Anyway, and then and then also you just like, do you know what also is crazy now? Most airlines are charging you for carry-ons. That is the insane. fuck is that shit? Like it's like of course we're going with bags, right? Who the hell? So are you have you? to. I get the like. Oh, you have to pay to check the bag because there's like labor involved in that. Sure, you have to pay to for the carry-on because that takes up limited space. Okay, it can't be both. It cannot be both. No. Absolutely not. Because also, if you walk into the airport with no bags, people will think you're up to something. Yes. Yes. They will. And you will have to go into extra security. Oh, my God. But, Neil. Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? Uh, We're in Philadelphia. I just love being with all of you. I've missed you all terribly. Um, So it's just really nice. I mean, I haven't seen Christine since 2021, was it? 
2021. Yeah. <laughs> we we did our last in-person recording with the yeah. Well, well September no, our, 21 21 was when we helped. We saw, we each, saw other. each other. Our last in-person recording was in like February of 2020. I think it was actually March. I feel like it was the weekend before we actually went into lockdown. You know what? I believe it. I believe it too, because I remember the the, the weekend it was announced. I was in I was in auditions for a show, and I remember it being tense. Like, what the fuck is happening out there? And you guys took Bart, or maybe you drove over, and it was just tense. I remember it being like, we know what's gonna happen, but like we sound great. <laughs> But we sound so good. I mean, it'll just be like two weeks that we have to shelter, right? I think I was talking about how proud I was that I went to Target before anybody else did. And got all my toilet paper. Yeah. And I did. That is a true thing that happened. I did not get toilet paper. I got a lot of weed. I went to the dispensary like 25 times. I was like, oh, God. Are they going to close them? But, yeah. They didn't. Great. Anyway, but we're... We're here. <laughs> We're here. It's got me hot and bothered last night. Christine took us to a gin distillery. <gasps> we took a tour and we did some tasting and it was amazing. Um, had some great gin, some vodkas and absinthe and amaretto. Like it was absolutely delicious. We're in Christine's house, which is lovely. We get to see Ramiro who it took him maybe five minutes that he was like, put my face on your foot. <laughs> so Actually, probably less than five minutes. Yeah. Probably five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, blurp. um, see, so yeah, I'm just super excited. Also a hundred episodes. Hundred. Like I'm really excited. I am too. I'm so proud of us. Yeah. And like I'm looking forward to the next hundred. Yeah. It'll be great. Yes. It'll be great. Uh-huh. And really, that's it. That's what's got me hot and bothered. I thought to like do a thing like how I do on our anniversary, but I was like, I can't get my shit together. I'm busy. Oh my god. So I now have I'm just so here. So many ideas of things to do that I had. I came up with at midnight. Before I was getting out of play. Bitch, you say that. You still brought us presents. I did. I brought you presents. Oh, my God. Claire is so fur- infuriating sometimes because it's just like, <laughs> oh, hey, we're just having a casual hangout. She's like, I brought you six very thoughtful presents. Fuck you, Claire. I mean, thank you, Claire. <laughs> Should we talk about some books? Let's talk about some books. Rescued by the Buccaneer, Pirates of the Jolie Rouge, Book One, by Normandie Allemand. When Frederica Beauchamp boards a ship for the Americas in 1665, she dreams of a life filled with adventure, but she gets more than she bargained for when her passenger ship is attacked by pirates. The heartless men kidnap her and force her to serve their captain, a fate that might be worse than death. After the pirates bring aboard an injured man found floating in the sea, Frederica tends to his wounds and learns that he's Gaston Galette, a survivor of a shipwrecked vessel. Gaston seeks her help to overthrow the vile captain, but when their plan goes awry, he's forced to use all of his wiles to save them. As he watches the proud, willful Frederica bow to his authority, however, Gaston worries that her growing hold on his heart will be his downfall. He knows he cannot take a woman with him when he returns to his ship and crew, but when Frederica offers herself to him, Gaston realizes that he may never be able to let her go. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. I'm sorry. It, <laughs> it doesn't fit the trope. I thought it was going to be an out of the frying pan into the fire kind of situation. That is not what it was and I'm sorry um, Claire I, 
I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm still like, it's okay. Like, there's, there's all of the problematic stuff about the kidnapping trope. A lot it's of it's still in there. Here. So, <laughs> so good job, book. So good job. You um, did what we wanted you to do, I guess. And also, the back of that book uh, covers the book. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the whole book, and that's everything that happens in the book. Okay, <laughs> so we're done talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Claire. Oh. What is this? What is this? What is what this, is this book? book about? Okay. okay. So, Frederica or Freddy, and I honestly think that's adorable. Whenever that's a cute, woman yeah. has this, like, sort of ma- sort of like masculine, societally thought masculine name, mm-hmm. like, as her nickname, I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Frederica is coming to the new world, mm-hmm. uh, which is now colonies, yeah. uh, to find a new life for herself. I think she's got some money from her parents who have died. Yeah. She's always wanted to go. She's brought her friend along with her. Because she's an orphan now. She's the parents died. Always. Always. So she's brought her friend along with her on this trip, and they're very excited. She's looking out over the ocean, and she's like, I fucking love being on a ship. <laughs> And in the in the distance, she's like, it looks like another ship. And this is one thing that I liked about this book is that it did, like, kind of cover what it was like to be on a ship in the open seas, like, mm-hmm. really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you can't just immediately find a ship. That's like, <laughs> it's not like you're like, oh, shit, there it is. It's like, oh, it's very close to us now because there's a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> and waves are big. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing more gestures now that we're in person yeah. again. <laughs> uh, okay. Visual medium. Visual podcasting. medium podcasting. Yes, so, yes, yes. So it's so she sees another ship and she goes and tells the captain. And here we have the one of the beginnings of like what is immediately should be known a lot of dumb interactions that don't need to happen Mm -hmm. uh everybody on board argues with her because she's a lady this is just underlined sexism yeah could we have gotten this in one line yes i will say though when the first mate is like put her in the brig for bothering me and some guy grabs her and she just turns around and slaps him i'm like good for you girl get it and then it's like oh we're establishing that she's independent and then that never happens ever again even though later when Gaston is like, oh, you're so independent. It's like, no, she's she's not. She's Im- not. Important listeners to know that both Neil and I listened to the audiobook of this, <laughs> which was a crazy thing to have done. <laughs> like the 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 reader, the narrator, he did a very good job, but literally when he was doing Gaston Galat, he was like, Hello, you are beautiful, woman. Uh, it's this crazy. Is least, this is the least sexy Frenchman I've ever heard. Like, Oh, my baby. I am Gaston Galette. Also, I just... I open ha- your legs for me. Open your legs. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have to point out his name is Gaston Galette. Galette, depending on where in France you are, is a type of cake or a buckwheat crepe. So his last name is Dessert. Uh, <laughs> and his first name is Gaston. Because, of course, we all know Beauty and the Beast. So he's Gaston Galette. Uh, open your legs from you pretty woman. God, it was ridiculous. It was but I loved it. So this ridiculous. whole book is ridiculous. So it, it works. Right. Well, and I mean, that's kind of what's. <sighs> so even when it gets a little rapey, it's like on the ridiculous side of rapey. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? So, anyway, that turns out that other ship is pirates. Okay, I have to say, there's an author's note at the beginning that's like, oh, there was a time when pirates would fly under the flag called the Jolie Rouge, 
which meant that they were going to kill everyone. And I didn't read that. And they were like, it's the Jolie Rouge. I'm like, oh, it's the name of the ship that they're on. And then later it's like Neptune's whatever, whatever. I'm like, no, but that's a different ship. Oh, they're just talking about the goddamn flag. Okay. Just the flag. Just the flag. Okay. So, so, and they come on board. And then the most shocking thing happens in this book. <laughs> everybody dies. Every, everybody, everybody dies. Everybody on the ship dies except our, our main character. Because the pirates slaughter everyone. everyone. She watches people's heads get cut off. Yes. Her best friend dies dead. in front of her. Dead. <laughs> like, it's just like, everybody dies. The she, whole ship, dead. It's, it's, and it's like so bloody and gory. Uh-huh. Oh my God. She's not- And then we felt it was going to get worse, but then she gets knocked unconscious. It's like, oh, we were spared the terrible parts of the grisly murder. <laughs> So she's knocked unconscious. She wakes up. She's on a, the different ship. Mm-hmm. She's on the pirate ship. The Neptune's the n- Damnation. Or, yes. Something like that. Where did we meet Bradford? Brad- Bradford. <laughs> Who is just the nicest guy. He's, so, he's this very <laughs> nice young man. And literally, he's like, oh, I'm the bosun. I'm like, he looks like he's 12. He's not the bosun. You need to be older to be a bosun. And then she's like, how did you be? And, I mean, she's like, hello, I'm Frederica. What's your name? She's very civil to her captors immediately. And then they, it's like, oh, yes, he was so good. He became a bosun very young. And then we never see him ever again. Never. He's gone. Ah, We meet so many men on the ship and none of them report. We meet a tiny. We meet a George, maybe. I don't know. A a William something or other. A a Buck. I don't know. They're not. We meet all of them, but they are not important. I was like, oh, she's on the ship. And I was like, and it describes the Captain Humphrey being very unattractive. I was like, this is not where I thought this was going. Did I pick? I, I thought. The first person we were going to meet, the captain was going to be her love interest. Exactly. And then when I find out, he's like, grandly voiced. And he's like, get your get your skirt above your knees. I'm like, mm, I'm not enjoying this book. No. And, and so, and yeah, she's brought down into the captain's quarters. And they're like, you'll sleep here. And... Uh, you'll do the captain's bidding, and I'm like, oh my god! But the first night, he's like, yeah, just just sleep, whatever. I'll protect whatever. you from the other men. And you're like, oh, okay, this is fine. And then he has a nope. bad day. <laughs> <laughs> he has a bad day at the office being and, a pirate. And he comes in and he's like, oh, grumpy, and and he's like, oh, you did not mend this thing the way I ordered you to. She's like, I totes did. That's a new home. You and, guys wear through your very poor clothing often. You are pirates who attack other ships uh, on the rough seas. Like, that's what happened. He's like, whatever. And uh, you need your punishment. And here's where we get. We get into, like, old-timey romance now. Yes. Like, this is the way all romance books were, where now we get into the spanking. Mm-hmm. And so she's got to go over his knee and get a good old spanking, and her butt is so luscious. Mm-hmm. And then he, he fingers her. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I, and she's liking it. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to like it, but I do like it. Oh. She's like, I'm so surprised that this is kind of fun. Like, okay, girl. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well. So know. then I was like, did I completely misunderstand this book? <laughs> what is going on? And then we see Gaston Galette. Well, and I'm so, like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see, I see yeah. where this so, is going. It's not where it was going. No, so she stays <sighs> with Humphrey. So we're with Humphrey for a while. He can't have sex with her because his penis doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Much to his. He's upset about it, but yeah. fortunately not so upset he beats the shit out of her. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> she says casually because we've seen it elsewhere. Yes. Oh. So so he they have like rough 
like heavy petting sessions. Yeah. Which he calls her punishments, and she's just like, I don't want to like it, but I like it. She's like, oh, no, I didn't darn the socks properly. <laughs> yeah. And then one day, a man is on the boat, and we finally, we get his perspective, so we know he's the love interest. He's He's been his own... He is Gaston Galette. Gaston he is on the board with just a knife and some rum. <laughs> Uh, and he's, yeah, he's on his, like, little, like, piece of wood. It was floating. the rudder from his ship. The rudder from his ship. His ship got attacked. The by rudder merchants. By merchants. So the rudder was damaged, which meant that they couldn't steer back to get him, but he was able to use the rudder to float and survive. Yeah. And we learn he's very good at surviving on the open seas because in every other way he is incompetent and he always just ends up floating in the open sea. <laughs> He's real good at that part. Real good at that part. So he gets on the ship and, uh, you know, and immediately he's just sort of, he's not welcomed on. They're worried about mm -hmm. him. They're worried he's going to take over, blah, blah, blah. But then they're like, okay, you can stay. We're going to take your weapons and lock them up. Um, immediately he sees this beautiful young woman who is Freddie and is like, well, that's amazing. I got to talk to her. And she's like, immediately into him and is like so why do you have those earrings <laughs> and he's like oh it's to help with seasickness do you want some earrings and she's like hell yeah i do <laughs> he says it has something to do with pressure points i'm like he doesn't know what the fuck that is it is the 1600s no but i also like that he followed it up with like oh or it could just be for luck or whatever it doesn't hurt so why not have them and she's like great i want some of those earrings so she meets him at midnight uh he pierces her ear and then he uh, and then he uh, goes down on her, which she likes a lot. And then she likes it so much. She's like, yeah, I'll help you escape. Let's make this happen. And he's like, I'll take you with me. She's like, great. I want that to happen. And they concoct a plan where because she sleeps with the captain so she can get at the captain's keys and she's going to give those keys to him. He's going to unlock his uh, guns and stuff and then she'll take the keys back to the captain so the captain never even knew they were gone. Mm -hmm. This all happens and goes off without a hitch. I and then the second part of the plan, he's like, uh, the men are dissatisfied, so I will stage a mutiny and they will follow me. Right. And that she's like, yeah, sure, I guess. Yeah, and that part of the plan goes terrible. Because <laughs> they all like being on this ship. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, come with me, men, we stage a mutiny. And they're like, no. And in fact, they're so upset about it, they tell on him. <laughs> and, and he doesn't understand that he was bad at asking them to meet me. Oh and so God. he blames her and thinks she told on him, which gets them both in trouble. And uh -huh. then they gets them both sent into the brig. And then they, they fight and she, he spanks her because she was bad. Which she's not into it this time because she wasn't bad this because time. Because she wasn't bad this time. <laughs> and I was like, this, okay, well, I mean, you didn't make the hole either, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, and and he also comments on how good she t she takes a spanking. And I'm like, this is a weird thing to say. <laughs> and, then, and then she's let out by, you know, some dude who's a nice pirate. <laughs> Probably Bradford. Takes her to the captain. The captain's like... You know, he tried to stage a mutiny and, you know, I'm going to try to fuck you now. And she's like, no, nope, I'm not into that anymore. <laughs> and he's like, oh, back to the brig with you. 
Uh, dumb stuff happens, and then these two are sh- are thrown off the boat. They have to walk the plank. Right, they have to walk the plank. So that in fact, their escape plan doesn't work, but they do escape. <laughs> <laughs> because, as we said, Gaston Galette is very good at surviving on the open water. And and here's we see how he survives the open water mm-hmm. because you can't drink water, so he has the captain throw him some rum. Mm-hmm. So they have a little bit of rum. They to drink. their hands are bound, but he had a knife in his boot, so they're able to maneuver that. And then and I did appreciate this. He's like, okay, it is now time to get naked, and she's like, fucking what? And he's like, yeah, because your clothes are heavy because they're wet. They'll it, it'll like exert too much energy. So if we strip down to our under things, that'll be better. And she's like, okay. I'm like, okay. But and this then. Is- this is like a trope I dislike in any romance novel where it's like the man says, you have to do this thing. Do it for me now. And she's like, but why? And he's like, don't ask questions. Just do it. And she's like, no, I want to know. And then he gives a totally reasonable answer. And I'm like, you know what you could have said? <laughs> At the very top is, you know, your clothes are wearing you down and we need to tie ourselves together so that we don't get lost when you know, we're in the waves. So oh, I'm going right. to ask you to disrobe. Too. I never would have thought of that. So I'm like, okay, Gaston, yeah. again, you're good at surviving in the open water. Super good at it. And the whole time, what I also appreciate is they're both in their heads going, please don't let there be sharks. Please don't let there be sharks. Please don't let there be sharks. <laughs> Can I also read a passage? So there's a point they take shifts sleeping. Yeah. And... So there's a point where he's sleeping, she's watching, and he just, like, floats on his back. Oh, my God. I love this part so much. She she sees a dick for the first time in her life. She goes, hmm. She wondered why men made such a fuss over something so unimpressive. It did not appear to her that the tube-shaped thing should warrant the sort of accolades she had bandied about. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I think I was on a bus. I was like, Bleh. it was so great. And she's just like, whatever. She's that like, what is. is that about? And then later, when they're because they wash up upon a shore and they're very excited to be on the shore, and like he has a full on erection now, and she's just like, oh. Uh, but then the, she does the thing which we see a lot that I always hate, which is like, not that she had much to compare it to, but his seemed especially large. It's like, oh, okay, sure. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's know. like you painted yourself into a corner with the virgin trope, but we still have to say he has a big dick. Good job. <laughs> um, and yet he doesn't want to fuck her because she's a because virgin. she's a virgin. Which I'm like, is that not the fa- especially because they're washed up on a on a deserted island? Deserted is in quotes. Um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's like you know, like Adam and Eve and Eden, babe in the woods. Back to, you know, their animalistic blah, blah, blah. I'm like, isn't that what you want? Like the quote, the pure, the blah, 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 blah. Also, she turns into a complete idiot as soon as they get on the island. It's just like, oh, sorry, I forgot to do that thing because I got distracted by crabs. I'm like, what? Real crabs. Not what you, like- real, real crabs. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast, but we do have to say it was actual crabs. Um, but here's also the part of the book where we get into the sex. Like, so mm-hmm. they're just on the island, and honest to God, they're just, like, they just get down to it. Like, yeah. he doesn't want to have sex with her, sex with her right away. He wants her to, like, be ready and willing yeah. and wanting to do it. So sexy things happen where he says, I want you to masturbate all by yourself, and I want you to make yourself come. I'm going to go swimming, and I will know whether or not you actually did it. And I was like, okay, that's kind of sexy. Yeah, I appreciated that. I was <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. But then immediately that. she's like, well, for the sake of his pleasure, she started. I was like, no, boo! Ooh, it's trying, for your pleasure. And he's trying to tell you it's I your know. pleasure. I know. 
And then he comes back and he sucks her cum off of his finger, uh-huh. off of her fingers, and I'm like, that's kind of sexy. Um, anyway, the whole uh, the whole thing is like they're very good about being on this island. They have no problem with food. They have mm-hmm. no problem with water. Everything they need is there. It's like, fine. There's no mosquitoes. We don't like, need to worry about any of that. Look, this is a coconut. And she's like, what's this? And then they have sex a bunch and nothing happens. And it's a little boring. But he's when they get into like the actual penetrative section and then also like the dom stub stuff, he's like constantly checking in with her. And he's like, are you okay? Tell me if you want to stop. And she's like, no, I love it. And he's like, you're doing a good job. And that's when they discover she has a praise kink and everyone's having a good time. And that's when we discover the island is not deserted. Not even a little bit. No. Just like three miles that way, there's a town. Yeah. <laughs> They're just having sex on the beach near yeah. the town. <laughs> and, and guess what? His ship is there. His ship is there. <laughs> Uh, and they just show up one and they're like oh hey dude and he's like oh i probably could have kept walking a little more (laughs) he's like oh no there are footsteps the footprints in the sand what do we do he's like oh because there's a town over there guy yeah yeah yeah. Uh, they the the way in which they discover that the island is not deserted is not them stumbling on a town it's just like pirates show up and guys are fighting each other and they're like fucking what what and then his crew shows up and he's like oh okay this is a good thing to happen and then they get back to the town and right and then we have our normal little like oh but he doesn't really like me and he's going to abandon me oh i don't really you know i don't want her to live this kind of life so i have to abandon her and uh, i was like well that's kind of boring and then she comes up on the ship and she's just like, fucking what? No, I like this and I like you and we're staying together. And he's like, but, but my first wife died and she hated me. <laughs> and, and she's like, I ain't your wife. I ain't your wife. And, I don't want to be your wife. And, it, and, and at the point he's like, fuck yeah, get in my cabin. Well, also... <laughs> Because he was like, oh, we cannot have women on their ship. And then while they're talking, one of his men who's working on the ship gets injured. And I'm like, oh, great. Now, because her dad was a doctor and that's why Humphrey kept her around to, like, help. She knows a little bit of doctoring stuff. So she, like, helps the man. And and then... (laughs) Gaston is like, oh, that is right. Uh, you are very helpful to have around. <laughs> and then I was it's like, like, I forgot. That yeah, well, because here's the thing. Because here's the thing. I, I, saw, I was like, oh, the guy got hurt. I'm like, oh, so obviously now she's going to patch him up. That'll show that she has worth on the ship. And he's like, and our doctor died. So obviously this is going to work out. We want adventure, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is great. I see this happening. And then I forgot until I was looking through my notes again. The very first time they met, when he got brought up onto the ship, he had a cut that she tended to. Yeah. So he is a derp and forgot yeah. that she actually knows how to... Yeah. Uh. And oh, here's the other thing. And he actually says this in the book. He's like, oh, I haven't really asked her any questions about her. And at that point, I was like, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> she asked all kinds of questions about your plantation in the south yeah it's, that's right he owned a plantation in the south and um, they just gloss over that yeah, entirely we're not gonna talk about that too much. and he's he, like oh things are hard even in america and i highlighted that i was like especially if you're a slave on a plantation yeah yeah um did also talk about like one of his best friends on the ship is a former slave yes like, and yet you also 
own slave. We're not going to talk about that. But he doesn't talk. He like he asks her about sex all the time. And yeah. Like, does this feel good? But he never asks like, and where are your parents? <laughs> 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 FYI, when's your birthday? What's your favorite color? <laughs> details. I want to know details. <laughs> So, and then at the end, he's like, oh, I didn't ask her any questions about her. I was like, well, at least he knows, I guess. Fair. Well, now they have their whole life together. To, because that's, I mean, like, how many romances have we read that it's like, oh, they want to fuck, but they don't want to. And now they're married. And now they have the rest of their lives to fall in love with each other. I'm like, no, no that's in the exact wrong order. But <laughs> what do I know? No, and they're just going to, like, the implication is one of two things. One, you stop reading this, uh, stop reading the series, <laughs> and you just realize that they live a happily life ever after without ever getting married or having any babies and that's great or you continue to read the series and I assume other men on his ship are falling in love and you also fa- see that the captain and her are doing yeah stuff, which the, I will say though the the note that this book ended on which was like oh we figured everything out we like each other we like fucking each other we're gonna go on the high seas oh she like learns how to gamble from the from other men on the crew and is like you 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 also have to set an example you can't be gambling and she's like but it's fun are you gonna punish me and then they're like off on their adventures and i'm like okay i want to i want to have read the next book instead of this book because there's so much of this book. It's like, and then we floated in the ocean for five chapters. And then we walked around the island for another five chapters. Here's what a coconut is. That's exciting, I guess. It's, oh. And I mean, I really feel like uh, only a couple of things happened in this book. Yeah. She was on her way to America. Her bestie died. Her bestie died in a pirate thing. She was with another pirate who raped her but she liked it sorry listeners and then um and then uh, another pirate comes on board and he takes her off the ship accidentally on purpose they float (laughs) around they get to an island they have sex they meet up with the rest of his guys and they go off sailing and this that's that's what happens in this book right but it's like 200 something pages But again, the moment she sees his penis for the first time, mwah. beautiful, like, beautiful, beautiful. And also, like later, he kind of like, she's like, "Oh, that's how big it gets." He like, he laughs, and she's like, "He's like what?" He's like, "Well, I saw it in the water." He's like, "Oh yeah, it would have been small then." <laughs> and I was like, "This is great." I'm I also, I kind of love, it, and I think this was entirely unintentional. That it's like, of course, he's good at surviving in the open water because he always ends up there because he's otherwise completely incompetent. So of course, he would have that skill set. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Sure, sure, whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Go for it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> was that was that it? That was that book. That was Rescued by the Buccaneer: Pirates of the Jolie Rouge, Book One by Normandy Alleman. I'm I'm picking a different pronunciation for their name every single time. Honestly, I think that's the that's the way the narrator said it, and the narrator did all the other French things in French. That's very true. Well, yeah, he was British, so they get to. Well, he, no, he didn't do it in French. He did it like a, a caricature of a French <laughs> accent. <laughs> I am Gaston Galette. I am a Disney villain dessert. I kept just I just kept thinking like I was like I don't know like I think he just has the last name Galette, but I think he's been in America long enough that that accent's down now. Who knows? Whatever. 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 Anyway, that for real that real, that was it. <laughs> a fashionable indulgence, a society of gentlemen novel, a society of gentlemen series, book one, 
by K.J. Charles. In the first novel of an explosive new series from K.J. Charles, a young gentleman and his elegant mentor fight for love in a world of wealth, power, and manipulation. When he learns that he could be the heir to an unexpected fortune, Harry Vane rejects his past as a radical fighting for the government reform and sets about wooing his lovely cousin. But his heart is captured instead by the most beautiful chic man he's ever met, a dandy tasked with instructing him in the manners and style of the ton. Harry's new station demands conformity, and yet, the one thing he desires is a taste of the wrong pair of lips. After witnessing firsthand the horrors of Waterloo, Julius Norris sought refuge behind the luxurious facade of the upper crust. Now he concerns himself exclusively with the cut of his coat and the quality of his boots. Yet his protege is so unblemished by cynicism that he inspires the first flare of genuine desire Julius has felt in years. He cannot protect Harry from the worst excesses of society, but together they can withstand the high price of passion. Neil. Yes. Is that what that book was about? Yes. <laughs> and I feel I feel so guilty because this book fit the theme exactly exactly it was very well written which we knew it was gonna be because it's, it's kj, KJ charles. charles also listeners in the special thanks section kj charles thanks alexis hall another one of our favorite authors for being one of the first readers of their book and i just the fact that kj charles and alexis hall are friends makes me so happy and i want to be friends with them too <laughs> neil and i both we, we rarely if ever even mention these books before recording and both of us mentioned this part and we both like fangirled out about I know. it. I know. What if they get together? What if we meet them together? What if they were, we'd have tea with them? <laughs> uh, so I feel very guilty because this book was exactly, like, exactly my problematic fave. And and I think it also so goes good. into why it's problematic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think a lot of times we think of these books and we just think of the romance of it, of the Cinderella-ness of it all. Mm -hmm. But we don't really think about the working class of right. where Cinderella came from. <laughs> right. And also, you know, the horridness of the British Empire, uh -huh. who's, you know, uh -huh. taking uh -huh. over large parts of the world. And these rich uh, nobodies who are just living off of the spoils. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the book opens with young Harry. Harry? Yeah, Harry. Harry. Um, I was like, Henry, Harry, young Harry, whose uh, parents are agitators, who d d they're democratists or whatever it's called and seditionists. And they're like, people should be represented in their government. So obviously they're bad people. Anyway, it's well, and it's important to note that uh, Britain has never had freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they especially didn't around this time <laughs> when they would kill people for pamphlets. <laughs> yes. So we open with Harry at the age of 12 and his parents are fleeing to France because they incited a riot and a soldier was killed. And they're like, well, we don't want to get hanged. So our friend Silas is helping us sneak out of the country to France. So then we cut forward a few years Harry's parents have died, so he's come back to London, and he's uh, 
found Silas again, who's taking him in. And they like really underlined this, which was really good. He's like, there are no jobs. The The economy is so terrible that there are no jobs. Meanwhile, the, the muckety mucks are having balls every other day. Uh, well, not at the moment because we're not in, see, in the season yet, but you know, they're going to. Um, and so he's like, Silas could barely afford to pay me, but he still did. Um, and then, so he's an apprentice in this bookshop with this other guy, George, that will come up later. Uh, also, sorry, Claire, there's so many characters okay, in this so book. Many. And like, <laughs> sometimes characters, like, there's a billion characters and none of them are important because there were a lot of characters in the other book in the first half and none of them We never were saw them ever again. Like, we, we mentioned all the ones that were yeah. important. Right now, Neil is not even started the important dramatist personae. We haven't gotten to the L.I. and all the men he knows and, like... Oh, there's so many people in this I book. Know. I know. And We're I gonna never s- remember any names. And so some dude comes up, and I'm like, this guy's important. This guy's important. Why is this guy important? Who is he? Right. He's one of the other young men who could be fucking another young man. Got it. Got yeah, it, got yeah, it, got yeah, it. yeah. Um, <laughs> so listeners, remember, George is the other apprentice at the bookshop. He comes up later. Um, and Silas has a printing press in the basement. And Printing sedition. The secret basement in his bookshop where he prints pamphlets under the name Jack Cade to like be like, oh, this terrible thing happened. Eat the rich, essentially. Um, Which and- they're all freaked out about because the Napoleonic Wars just kind of are finished. And, yes. Which was the, you know, the, the thrust of what happened after the revolution mm-hmm. or one of the many revolutions. Ugh. And, but they the one that so succeeded. Many. Yeah. The one that stuck. <laughs> and so all of the British aristocracy is freaked out. <laughs> like, what hope all people can brandish weapons at us. <laughs> I hope they don't bring over the guillotine. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they sounded like, so that's fair. That's exactly what they sounded like. Um, so Harry is working in the bookshop, and um, there's a knock on... Oh, there's a, a solicitor that's been looking for him, and they're like, oh, well, obviously they found out that he is his parents' son, and they're going to arrest him and try him for murder, because apparently a 12-year-old can be tried for murder for being there when his parents incited a riot. And normally I'd be like, what the hell? But I'm like, this is like... Regions. This is pre-industrial England. Yeah, they did all kinds of crazy shit over there. 1819, anything can happen, baby. <laughs> anything, anything went. <laughs> um, so finally, another muckety-muck shows up and is basically like, oh, yeah, your dad was secretly a nobleman and your grandfather uh, has paid to track you down to bring you back and make you a nobleman too. And Harry is like, thank fucking god <laughs> i don't like politics i don't like riots i don't like pamphlets i don't want to deal with any of this because he talked about like his whole time in france not only did he have to like be mindful of himself and like constantly worry because of the napoleonic wars but then also worry that like someone from england might decide to come and track him down whatever whatever and then his whole time in london it's like oh they're gonna find out who i am so he's been constantly i don't want to say paranoid because it's like not paranoia he's because it could happen anyway he's constantly like ah and they're like oh you're secretly rich and he's like this is all i've ever wanted oh my god thank god i do not want to care about this anymore and i want to be clean let's make this happen yes so then we cut to his cousin is lord richard and he uh has a group of friends they're all either noble or very very rich 
and they all like fucking dudes and they have a special club and they're good friends and they fuck dudes and right because because having sex with another dude is illegal yes and it, it, doing sedition may get you killed but you could just be flogged fucking another guy will get you killed yes so you have to have a safe space to do it and richard has provided this so he has a gentleman's club mm-hmm. which he just calls exclusive and they're just grateful that they're allowed to fuck there yeah and they look out for each other yeah. they like help each other navigate through society in ways that none of because it's like well you're my friend and i don't want you to get caught out but i obviously don't want the rest of us to get caught out too so it's fine it's fine so one of richard's friend who is a dandy the dandiest of dandies i mean kind of not really okay well like the way he presents himself is he dresses like a dandy yes and he has the acerbic wit of a dandy right but then he has a tragic backstory, which we don't find out until like Forever. 70% in. Oh it's God. like 70% in. His twin died in the wars. And I'm like, where was this this whole time? I honestly could have used that sooner. Yeah. There's there's a lot in this book that I could have used sooner. Okay. There's two things. I could have used something sooner and some things only once. Because as me. much as I loved a lot of this book. This is a very good book. A lot of things happen twice. So like mm. when the dude comes to the shop and he's looking for Harry... Um, honestly, I could have had that once. Yes. Just have him show up once. And that was something that happened multiple times in the book where it just felt like, I need you, I need you to train this young man so that he can be one of society. Great. Next scene. I have trained this young man so he could be one of society. Richard, what are you doing to me? And it's like, no, again, could have just boom, boom, boomed it. I didn't need it to like. Yeah. So here's the thing. There was, first of all, there was an extra, there was an extra Pygmalion layer. As soon as I realized yes. that, I'm like, great, even better. And they even reference it. Like, sp- so like, many times. I am Pygmalion, you are Galatea. And I'm like, great, great, great. We love it. And I appreciated the bit where they, they abscond to Richard's country estate, just the two of them, so that yep. he can, so that Harry can be taught. Well, I like that they skipped over a lot of the training. Yes, yeah, because yeah. a lot of the training would have been very bathtubby and boring. And boring. Um, and they just get to the part where he's actually succeeding at it. Yes. <laughs> like, um, I was like, thank you so right. much. And it was fun because that's also when they they're each like, oh, he's super hot. No, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. He's super hot. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, Um, so I liked that there was, that there was like romantic tension in there and like the fantasy of that whole Henry Higgins, the Rhine and spine, like that whole situation was in there. But because they were sequestered, the rest of the plot couldn't happen yet. And so stuff with... I mean, like, Julius's twin brother being dead. The stuff with, um, what's his name? Skelton and that lord who was, like, looking for the seditionists. Like, I I wanted that to be, like, brought in a little bit sooner. The stuff with the cousin, um... Vera? The, no. Oh, that's a different... Verona. 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 And and we'll, we'll get into what those things are. But, like, none of those things could start yet because they were alone in the country estate. And, yeah. like, I wanted... Like, even if, even if there was, like, the first meeting with the grandfather, Gideon, who said, like, oh, as soon as you get brushed up and, you know, like pass muster then you're gonna marry your cousin and this is what's gonna happen this is what's gonna happen this is what's gonna happen so we had the ticking clock from the very beginning yes and then and then we also have 
um, Harry starting from a place because Harry is nobody says the word buy or pan but he's attracted both to both men and women for him to be like oh great i get to be rich i get to marry this rich lady oh this all sounds great but then he starts to fall in love with julius and like then that becomes tension well, i like how you could feel them falling in love too. yes like it wasn't just like it was a nice flirtation mm-hmm. there was some sexy things happening but they weren't falling in love and then you feel them like thinking about each other more often depending on each other wanting to be together and the real love that started to build between them and what i really like too is how much like julian the moment love started to come in started mm-hmm. just pushing him away yeah, yeah, yeah like this isn't what and in, in realistic ways in ways that felt nice that felt real i also liked the dichotomy between the two of them whereas you know, Julian knows all about Julius. society. Julius, I apologize. Julius knows all about society and is going to help Harry get into it. But Harry knows all about sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Julius is like, yeah, I got fucked once at Eaton and it was terrible and I hated it. I don't like kissing people because they're just like fleshy and moist and I don't like any of it. And I like that Harry was like, so when you got fucked that one time, did you use lube? And Julius is like, sorry, what now? And he's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to show you something and you're probably going to like it. Like, and, and if you still don't like it, we don't have to do it ever yeah, again. Yeah. But this may make it easier. And then <laughs> do it and he's like oh you know this oh i see i see but i also like how it was hard at first it was like no i I don't like this i'm just gonna let him do what he needs to do and then we'll just be done with it and then he's like well it's kind of like riding a horse oh but what if i actually rode it oh this is all better now yes yes (laughs) (laughs) what if i participate in sex oh okay It's a good lesson to everyone. Oh, everyone, just participate just in sex. Just, if you're if you're there wanting to have sex with that person, just participate. Well, and then Harry kept saying, like, tell me what you want. And and he's like, um stuff? <laughs> um sex? And, it's like, no, sweetie, darling. And, and Harry runs through a whole list of things. He's like, Well, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do this? Do you want to come on my face? And Julius does not want to come on his face. And he's like, I guess I'll do that, though. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like um, I guess that's what I want. And he, the whole time he's thinking, that is not what I want. <laughs> I do not want to do that. That sounds horrifying. That sounds horrible. But he's like, okay, we're doing it. And he starts doing it. And after it's done, he's like, oh, yeah, that was a really great. <laughs> I, I, like, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess we should talk about plot. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> All, all this to say that I enjoyed their, like my two biggest things about the, my two biggest critiques of the plot. One of them we'll get into later. It's the whole Manchester thing. Um, <laughs> but the other one is that the plot had to be stalled while they were sequestered at the house. And I just wish we had gotten a little bit more. And actually there was, there was, I, the earlier today I was doing my notes and Claire heard me go, Oh, and she's like, Oh, did something make sense? It's like, yeah, because like, again, Julius's twin died. They both were in the Napoleonic Wars and they like flipped a coin. One of them was going to be in the cavalry and one of them was going to be, uh, in the infantry and they flipped a coin and the mother was apoplectic and she's like, no, 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 you have to stay together. And Julius is like, I want to do something by myself for once in my goddamn life. And then the brother died and he didn't. So then he feels very guilty and blah, blah, blah. We don't learn this until like 70% into the book. Yeah. Um, even though it, in it, 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 it anyway. Um, and so there's a point towards the beginning where he's like, don't you dare speak to me about glorifying the dead and walks away. And we're like, 
Okay, I'm like, ooh, that's going to be a juicy tidbit that we don't get to for another 50% of the book. So by the time we get there, I had forgotten about it entirely. So I just, I just wish things had been threaded in a bit sooner. Anyway. I do too. And like the, the whole, the largest thrust of the book is like, oh, we have to get Harry married and get him the money as fast as possible mm-hmm. so that when anybody ever talks about whether or not he's guilty of sedition, he's covered. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Because everybody knows his family history. They just like are going to ignore it until it becomes impossible to yes. ignore. Yeah. And the grandfather just wants to get him married off. The girl he wants to get him married off to doesn't want to marry him. No. And she is immediately pissed about this whole thing, but she's going to play along and pretend because that's easier. I loved she was so spiteful to him. Like to everyone else. She's like, I'm in, I'm, it's a love match. I love him so much, but like, oh my God, I don't know if he loves me. And then whenever they're alone where no one else can hear them, she, she's like, oh, well. At our level of society, we must do this and this. Oh, but how good of you to try. Like, she's such a bitch to him. There was my favorite bitchy line, and it was like the last straw for him, and it was so great. She goes, oh, thank you for taking me to the park. What a lovely idea you had. Doesn't it smell nice here? Though I'm sure you're not used to nice smells being poor and all. (laughs) (laughs) There's a part, too, because Harry picks up on, like, colors really well like what colors to wear to match your skin tones whatever whatever and there's a scene where they're like shopping for like drapery for their new house and she's like and he's like his he's lost in thought and she pulls him back and she's like oh harry which color and he picks a shade of green because he knows it clashes with her skin and it would make her look terrible whenever they're in their own house <laughs> anyway i appreciate her right that's her right <laughs> and so the reason why Gideon, the grandfather, wants Harry to marry his own cousin is they're the last of the line and Harry has Harry will inherit the bloodline and Verona has all the money. I mean, Gideon has money, but Verona has her own pool of money. So he wants to sort of like shore up the bloodline with money, et cetera, et cetera. And so then I loved that twice Harry was talking to people about Verona and he's like, I think she hates me and I don't know why. And they're like, yeah, you're really nice. She's also really nice. I know her. She's very nice. Maybe you should talk to her. And he's like, I guess. And he goes to the next person. He's like, I don't know why she hates me. And they they tell her to talk to her. And he finally does. And he does like, he's like, oh yeah, your, your, your ex-lover threatened to kill me. Uh, that's a, that was a fun moment. Um, and she's like, fucking what? And it's like, can we just like talk to each other? And she's like, fine. I know you're trying to use this against me. It's like, no, I just, I'm in love with this guy. You're obviously in love with this guy. We don't want to marry each other. I also don't want your money. Because like, she, oh, yeah, I'm so glad we talked because because she she because she was in love with like a boy in the village where she grew up and it was not a good match who lost an arm and then who lost an arm in the war. So he served his country, but he's still not good enough. Um, and so when the father died, the will stipulated that she, that Gideon, the grandfather 
kept control of her money until she got married or until she turned 30. So she wouldn't run off with the right, soldier. But then it also seemed like, well, it's possible Gideon would never give her the money. Like, like that he could control it even beyond that if he wanted yeah, to. Yeah, because he's an asshole. Yeah, so there was... A, and a, like part of me was like, okay, I think we've made this part a little too complicated. Yeah. And again, we went... Like, there was some beat repeating yeah, in yeah, this. Yeah. Like, we talked to Gideon about this same problem five times before right. it made any change. Right. There was like whole scenes where it just felt like hamster on a wheel. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. We're, do- yeah. we're learning these things. But I did love that as soon as Harry was like, I don't... I, I don't want to marry you if you don't want to marry me. And I don't want your money. And she's like, oh, we can be best friends now. And then they were just like besties. And he's like, I might actually have a sister. And it's like, great. Now they're back. I, I appreciate I that. Immediately and they talk to each like, other oh, all the time about stuff. And like he gives her one of his like mother's books that she wrote about like how the, the rights that women deserve. And she just like swallows the whole I thing. Know. And like she's like, every time he like says something like anything radical, she's like, go here. And then she like, quotes his mom's book back back at him it's like it's so good um so there's that and then meanwhile there's this a particular lord who works for the home office i think it's called who's like trying to find who this jack kate is and he has this um guy who works for him skelton who like blah 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 and then so that is all happening in the background meanwhile there's a thing that happens in manchester yeah I remind everyone that we're in London. Harry grew up in London and France. And this thing happens in Manchester that was really terrible. Basically, like, at the time, Manchester did not have representation in Parliament. They didn't have an MP. And so, and then, of course, working conditions were shitty because it's capitalism. And so these people were protesting, and it was a peaceful protest, and somebody was up giving speeches, whatever, whatever. So then the government called their version of the cops who like rode in and like drew fire and killed a bunch of unarmed people and like women and children included. So everybody's super pissed about it. But then all the muckety mucks are like, well, of course it was justified because of course it was going to turn into a riot because that's how the poors are. (laughs) And then Harry just like that really gets him going. So it becomes his tragic flaw. And that whenever that comes up, he can't keep quiet where he's supposed to be like not talking about his past, not siding with radicalists or anything like that. And I I understood on a person level, like a human being would be outraged by that. But narratively, I wanted it to be tied a bit more to him. Yeah. Like, I don't see why he wasn't from Manchester and that involved people that he did know. Right, his mother was from Manchester. But they lived in London. Right. And so he never spent time there. He never like I also would have liked him to have I think he could have been there. I don't think it would have been too hard to actually have him be there. Um, right. And I think that would have been really interesting. So and the the massacre is called the Peterloo Massacre. If anybody wants to look it up, it really happened. Um, and I think 17 people died, uh, like five of them were women. And, and it's important to say, cause a lot of women didn't go to these kind of protests if they were going to get violent and some of them were sabered. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, there was a lot of people were shot. Some people were trampled mm-hmm. on. They didn't, the government wanted to ignore that this happens. So they never made accurate numbers of how many people were actually, di- actually died or were harmed. There's like, some people say up to 700 people were injured in this thing like it is horrible and uh and i think it was a very interesting part of history but 
I was like, why couldn't, like, and I know he's trying to separate himself, but I think it would have been really interesting if he and Silas were there. Like, if Silas, like, had, like, talked him into going. Mm -hmm. Like, if there had just been, like, well, they're going to do something in your mother's honor. Like, if that had happened, and it's Mm going to be peaceful, so you don't have to worry about it. And you'll be in disguise. No one will recognize you. And then, like, we see the horror of it. And because I think all the things he'd participated in before, it was just like it was so selfish. It was him. Mm -hmm. He was worried about what would happen to him because he was a child and then he was running with his parents. And it was like he was on the outskirts of these things. Mm -hmm. He was like doing pamphlets and handing things out. And he was just poor and struggling through it. And then if he witnessed the horror, Mm -hmm. then he's like radicalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would have been really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, And... Uh, and I think it would have had a much stronger impact on him. Yes. Yeah. And I think it would have made those those times where he cannot keep his mouth shut yeah. like much stronger. Because it felt like such a 180 in character that he's like, I don't want to be political. I just want to be rich. Everything about it is the best. I don't want to think about like not I don't want to think about my parents, but I don't want to think about that life that I had ever again. This is the best. And then he just like he he just got so angry about it so quickly and yeah. again if this were a human being i'd be like yeah that's a reason to get pissed off go do something but narratively i just needed it right. to be and i think like we could compare it to charlottesville where most of us were not anywhere near charlottesville when that happened mm-hmm. but a lot of people were radicalized because of it yeah they were like no we can't just stand back anymore we have to participate but at the same time i think the stories the stories that would like this is supposed to help radicalize me as well i'm supposed to care about the british Mm -hmm. and those people who were not the rich parts of society and to do that like it's just you need being there yeah like like seeing it being a part of it is really so huge Mm -hmm. and i think it could have happened and i think it would have been interesting and especially if we saw his struggle like if silas was just like forced him to go there practically Mm -hmm. and then afterwards he's like nope i'm all in again yeah i think too what would have been interesting so of course he has a valet ballard and i think it would have been interesting if he had gone and like done something with silas and the book had set up silas and ballard as more of like an angel and devil on his shoulder type of thing um and instead, what ended up happening, and I, I did think it was interesting. So what ends up happening is Ballard is more of a spy for uh, the grandfather mm-hmm. and is trying to get him to be, you know, a good little rich boy, but also spying on him and yes. watching. And, and because our man Harry is from a group of servants, <laughs> he wants to befriend all the servants he sees. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're all my friends. I know all of your names. I'm going to thank and you all. it's set up so well because there's a scene when they're at the at the very beginning when they're at the country estate and they go out he's he's it's just him and julius and they go out horse riding and julius is like what mistake did you make and and it it was that he didn't thank the stableman right and harry is like well but I didn't think we thank servants and he's like no 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 at dinner the butler's job is to be invisible but you need to thank your stable master for these 
reasons. Because he's taking care of your expensive piece of property, right. which is a living animal. Right. And then Harry's like, well, what about your valet? And, and, and Julie says like, well, you can have any kind of relationship you want with your valet because that's like a very intimate thing. So like you can do whatever you want with your valet. That's like kind of a sacred relationship. So then when we are introduced to the valet, of course, Harry's going to be like, I like having this ally and I have permission to like have this close relationship. So then when it turns out that he's the spy, I'm like, it was set up. There's a B, there's an A to B to C that was just like, and it wasn't obvious. Right. But it was sort of like, oh yeah, he's being happy. He's, you know, like being friends with his valet because of that thing that Julie said. Oh, that makes sense. And, oh, and then, and the things that Ballard is pointing out and the ways that he convinces Harry that he is an ally and then uh, we'll get into it later but he turns uh, uh, anyway no just so, get into it just get okay into it. so there's a point where um Silas and George are basic basically the government is coming down on them and this guy is convinced Skelton is convinced that Silas is Jack Cade and he comes in and like he shows up at Harry's house that was one of my gasps last night it's like oh Mr. Skelton is here it's like no um and so Harry is at a point where he's like, okay, I'm about to get cut off. I'm about to get kicked out, but I have some money saved up. And if I'm smart with it, I can give it to the people who need it. And then I'll figure my life out. So he meets up with George, the apprentice from the bookshop. We're bringing him back, bringing him back. And basically he gives George some money and is like, the heat's on, get out of town. This will help you. And his very flashy coat. And... There's this whole thing where he bought a puce coat just because it irked Julius in a cute little, like, this is how we're flirting kind of way. And he sees George sort of shivering and how he he looks even more destitute because now, of course, the bookshop is closed. He has no income, et cetera, et cetera. So he hands him his puce coat, his very... um, Flashy. uh, Like, everybody knows that he has this puce coat. Yeah, because he's wearing it all over town. Right. So then the next day... George has been murdered, stabbed in the street. And everyone's like, well, obviously he was robbed. No, the, the bag of money was still there. And then it's like... And so, so is the puce And so coat. is the puce coat. And immediately I was like, we're, gonna, we're tying the puce coat. They're going to tie the puce coat to Harry. And then this guy, Dom, who's one of Richard's friends who's in the home office, is like, I had to burn the coat because now Skelton thinks that you killed your cousins to get their money. And Harry's like, I didn't even know they existed until they were already dead. Anyway, so then it's like, oh my god, what's happening? What's happening? And then, and then Julius and um, Roberts, or sorry, Richard, the cousin's valet, Cyprian, figure it out, and they're like, but because Cyprian also has his own servant spy network, but he uses <laughs> he uses his powers for good, um, and he they figure out, oh, Ballard is working for Gideon, the grandfather, and at this point. Verona has all but run off with the sergeant that she's in love with. Gideon isn't getting married. Everybody's up. He like the government's following up with him to like probably press uh, press charges for murder. So disgracing the name, getting rid of all the money, all of that shit. So Gideon hires Ballard to kill Harry, and they thought it was Harry when they killed George. Bum, bum, oh bum. my god! I was like, no. And all of this comes out, 
And this is not the part I get. That's not the part I guessed that. Fair, I thought, fair, okay, fair. this is all very interesting. This is all very yes. interesting. And then we come out. We're like, well, we have to go talk to Gideon and we have to confront him with this. But what happens? Gideon has already been told that there was a mistake, that this other man was killed instead of his grandson. And what does he do? So then he sends a note to, because uh, um, Harry is staying at Richard's house. But at the time, I think he was at Julius's. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he sends him a note that's like, oh, I've had a change of heart. I want us to be friends. I understand now that you and Verona, that it wasn't a love match and blah, blah, blah. And of, co- of course, of course, Harry believes it immediately because he's so optimistic. And I'm like, you Dumb, dumb idiot child. And everybody else is you like, s- holy shit, what an idiot. You sweet daffodil baby. Like, how do you not see the trap? And I knew it was a trap, but I thought it was a, oh, and now you're going to get arrested trap. No, 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 no. Ballard followed him into the foggy streets to kill him on the like three block walk home from Julius's place. So then Cyprian shows up and he and Julius are like, well, that was a dumb thing that obviously that wasn't getting, no, and then, and then the Ballard and the, because of the puce coat and the no so then they like are able to find him and then there's a brawl in the streets it's so there's a, mm. one of my favorite my favorite moments there's Harry and he's just walking next to this guy and this guy's like this kid is like helping oh he's the link lighter right yeah and then he's like and then he's like he says, no, Mr. Like Vane, don't go that way. And he's like, oh, shit, this guy's going to try to kill me. I could take him. I could take one guy. And then another guy comes out of shadows. Two guys. I could take two guys. And then another guy comes out. And he's like, I'm dead. I'm dead. I, I can't I'm take dead. three guys. <laughs> I, I lived on the streets. I know that I am dead. And then, of course, Julius comes just in time with his saber in his pajamas because he rushed out of the house. He, like, put on boots and a hat and was wearing his pajamas and came out with a saber. And then Cyprian is there with his pistol because, of course, the valet carries a loaded pistol. And there's even a moment that Harry's like, well, obviously he has a pistol. Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> so then they're, they're able to... Oh, and then... So then they're able to um, to apprehend Ballard and they're like, let's arrest him. And everyone's like, no, because if the Ton finds out that your grandfather tried to have you killed, you're ruined. Your whole family is ruined. So we just have to deal with this privately, et cetera, et cetera. Ballard has disappeared. Ballard, Ballard is disappeared. <laughs> and then we find out that at dinner, Gideon learned that the plan had failed. So he excuses himself from the dinner table at Richard's house, l- locks himself in the study and blows his brains out. Yep. That's yeah. the part I gasped. I was like, when it was loud, Christine looked at me. She's like, what? I was like, <laughs> so then of course, so then, um, Harry falls into a fever because of course, like we have to wrap stuff up. So he falls into a fever he's and sick because of plot, he's because of plot, he's sick for a week and blah, blah, blah. And then of course, Julian nurse or Julius nurse, you, you got me. Sorry, doing it, sorry, bitch. sorry. Julius nurses him back to health, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then finally Verona comes and she's like, I'm married. I'm so happy, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I thought this moment was super cute. She's like, you agree that women should decide what to, so she has all the money, right? Yeah. Cause Gideon hadn't changed the will at all. So she got the vein f- from the, that branch she has that money and then she also has money from her father so she's 
fucking loaded. So she's like, I can marry whoever the fuck I want, bitches. So she married her sergeant. I think it was a sergeant. Anyway, so she she shows up and she's like, Harry, do you agree that um, women should be allowed to do anything they want with their money? And it's like, yeah, of course I do. She's like, even if um, their male relatives don't agree with it? And it's like, of course. And then it makes a point that Richard is in the corner like, mm. so she's like, Harry, I've decided to give you half of my money. So then they continue to be rich. The bad guys are dead, etc., etc. Julius has finally admitted that he can feel feelings and he doesn't mind that Harry's squishy and <laughs> moist like a human being. And and then it's all happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was honestly a joy to read. It was so much fun. Like, Parts of it were so fucking funny. Some of it, oh my God, I have to read when we first, when Harry first sees um, Julian... Oh, and there's something going on between Richard and Dominic that's very like, are you know, are they in love with each other? Are no, they not in love with each other? But then it turns out that it's Dom and Silas. Right. And Dom. they're they're into some rough sex. Rick, they're Wednesday rough sex night. They're Wednesday rough sex night. That was crazy pants. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and Richard is not on board. I think Richard and 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 his valet are in love. Cyprian? Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They they're probably they're probably later in the book. Right. Or in the series. Because they can't be together because their classes are too different. <laughs> um, so this is the first time that Harry sees uh, Julius. Mr. Norris was of medium height, perhaps an inch shorter than Harry, and of slimmer build, and he was made of moonlight. Because oh. oh, he was like wearing silver and he's blonde and the, the hair, the light was hitting his hair. And such. Was, oh, it was, parts of it were so beautiful. Parts of it were so funny. Um, and again, like I felt that the, the plot got stalled when they were away. And the, and I, I kind of get the sort of like, oh, well, nothing bad can happen because here's the, the like, oh, we're showing how beautiful it'll be so we can take that away kind of thing. Like, I get that, but I just would have liked hints of, of what was to come. Um, and then the Manchester thing felt a bit weird. And then, Claire, to your point also, that stuff like kind of got repeated. Like, we had the same conversation with Silas in the bookshop a couple times and... So. Yeah, I mean, but the language was so good, like <sighs> really steeped in the time, like mm-hmm. just the, the the words that they use, like yeah. saying the stews. For, oh, also, it has one of my favorite phrases that I want to bring into modern vernacular. When you have a hangover and you have that headache, you have the devil's own head. Yes, I was like, yes, so good. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was super fun. The stakes were exceptionally high the whole mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was lots of fantasy involved that was super fun, but there's also lots of terror. There was lots of real world things mm-hmm. that had happened. I really believed in the world. Like, there wasn't anything that took me out. Mm-hmm. I was always in, invested in it. Allies turned out to be enemies. Enemies turned out to be allies. It was It was wonderful. And again, and it talked about, like, why is this, you know, we, we you could really feel like, yes, this is a fantasy. He's going to end up rich. He's going to end up happy. It's fine. It is a little problematic, but you came here for fun. And, and yeah. I enjoyed that, too. Yeah, yeah. Th- see, this is why I've, uh, this is why it's so problematic, especially because I'm, like, so enchanted by it. But also, I'm like, we need to redistribute this ridiculous amount of wealth that, uh, anyway. Yeah, no, these foppish men really shouldn't, like... Like, the idea that it was awful for this class of people to even have a job. Yeah. And, like, if you weren't out drinking and showing off your clothes, who even were you? <laughs> who even were 
you. We're talking about how the poor aren't people. Um, so yeah, it's just like if it, it the, the the woke happy ending would have been like oh like Harry got into politics to start reform and like things had changed etc. But no, the happy ending is that he is rich and got to be with his pretty man and yeah. And at least Verona, you know, she she's a liberated woman and is able to to figure some i really want then i know this isn't true but i want the next book in the series to be her influencing a bunch of like society ladies to be like you know what i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want i'm in love with that guy i'm gonna go be with that guy i want to open a business i'm going to open a business and then bernard shaw will write a play about her (laughs) yeah (laughs) that fuckhead anyway Um, I feel like that was that book, yeah? Yeah, that was that book. That was, oh, it's a long and A Fashionable Indulgence, a Society of Gentlemen novel, Society of Gentlemen series, book one by KJ Charles. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary, Fuck Mary, Fuck Mary, Fuck Mary, Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary, Kill. 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 Are you ready? Fuck Mary, Kill. Hey Claire. Hey Neil. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready to play some Fuck Mary, Kill. Let's play some Fuck Mary, Kill. Uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, I can go first. I think okay. I went first last time. Okay. Um. So, Neil. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Silas. Okay. Bradford. Okay. Or, uh, it's not Vera, it's... Verona. 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 Okay. Silas, Bradford, Verona. Okay. Okay. I'm going to fuck Bradford. He was so nice. I mean, he's he looks younger than my taste run, but here we are. Um, but he was also very nice. He was very, very sweet. According to him, he's the only reason why our girl wasn't murdered. Because it's like, oh, my lady, I didn't want to see you get what murdered, what done it. Um, so she's just like, okay, thanks, I guess. Um So he was very nice. Also, he's very successful. He is a bosun. The bosun otherwise known as the Boatswain, or the Boatswain, was in charge of, like, the deck crew yeah. on a ship. That's a huge responsibility. A and he's like, job. I, he, he got a management job at, like, 17. He is going places. He is <laughs> on a good track. managing pirates. He was managing pirates with his little baby face. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I imagine he's a very, a very generous and tender lover. Um, so I'm going to fuck him. I'm going to marry Verona because, but like at the end when she's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. You get money. You get money. I'm married to the guy I want to be married to. I'm nice to people now because I know that people aren't conspiring against me. Um, that sounded great. I wouldn't get in the way of, of her and, um, I've forgotten his name now. Soldier boy. Um, so they can they can still have their thing and you know we'll each have a wing of the house and we'll have our lovers and it'll be fine it'll be great and i'm going to kill silas not because i want to kill silas he was great i loved him but sex with him involves bruising which is not something i am into personally so i am going to sad face stab silas (laughs) he was great i loved him as a character he was really fun i don't want to be in that situation in a bedroom with him (laughs) i think that's fair i think that's fair um i think i am going to 
Uh, I'm also going to marry Verona. Yeah. Super fun lady. Yeah. She's super rich. I get to live out that problematic fantasy <laughs> with that lady. So yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually, though, I am going to fuck Silas. And I don't, like, I'm all for, you know what? I'm all for the guy who's, like, against everybody else, who's working hard. Like, he's got a lot of great things to say that I totally believe in, too. Yeah, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. know what? Like, if you're going to do one thing that scares you one time, you know what? Really super rough sex with that guy. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to give it a try. <laughs> I just, I bruise so easily. Oh, I bruise so easily. <laughs> with I my am, porcelain flesh. I, I have God. no iron. I'm so <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Famously, you have no iron. No, I'm an anemic person. Like, I'm, It's going to be rough. I'm going to have a hard time recovering. But, you know, if you're going to do one thing once, you might as well do it with somebody who deserves to have it done. That's very true. And then you'll get to read his pamphlets. Indeed. Yes. So and then I'm going to kill Brad. Because did we did we say that he was Jack Cade? He was Jack He Cade. was Jack Cade. He was yeah. printing the pamphlets that everybody was so pissed off about. Oh, and well, I mean, the last pamphlet people, you know, I mean, I get it. Because he was like, oh, uh, the head of the home office should die. Yeah. And people... I get it. I, get, I mean, <laughs> you know, Harry was like, mm, that might have been going a step too far. And Sally's was like, not far enough. Yeah, basically. I dig it. So that means Bradford's going to die. Well, it's fine. He's probably going to die on the high seas anyway. <laughs> That's rich. He's probably going to get scurvy. Among other things. Oh, God. The, ri- the other crabs. The other <laughs> Not the fun crabs. The other crabs. Okay, Claire, mm-hmm. um, fuck, Mary, kill, Gaston, Julius, or Richard. <gasps> oh. So our sort of like aloof commanding men. Okay, so say it again. Lord. Gaston, mm-hmm. <laughs> Gaston Galette, <laughs> Julius, uh-huh. and Richard. Okay. Uh, I am going to marry Julius. Uh huh. Because I loved him. Yeah. Like, I think he was super. I'm, I'm going to marry end of the book Julius. Yeah. Like, obviously. Uh, when we say marry someone, it's usually end of the book, yeah, that person. They've gone through their thing. <laughs> um, like, I mean, he would know how to dress me, which yes. I think is great. Um, he has enough money for us to have fun, slash, just chill out. That yep. sounds great. Um, he's very funny and I mm-hmm. like that in a man. And so that all sounds, and like, he's now learned how to have sex. So that all sounds great. <laughs> and now he knows. And now he knows. But he takes I, orders in the bedroom very well. Yeah. I found it a little weird that he's like, oh, he's such a fop. He's such a dandy. He's such a wit. He's such an aesthetic. But he's like, I barely know what sex is and I don't want to know what sex is. I'm like, okay. I mean, so I, he wasn't a rake. Yeah, but, I mean, oh, I didn't fine. mind that that much. I really, I didn't mind. But so okay. then I think like. You have to deal with the, those in-laws though. And the, the ghost of the dead brother. I mean, the in-laws gross. Ghost of the dead brother. Well, that <laughs> Well, if he shows up all the better. We love a ghost here. <laughs> um, I'm going to kill Gaston. Yeah. Because, oh, no, that's fine. Thank you. No. <laughs> like, I mean, look. I've had the the sexual fantasy about a pirate, but that pirate in my head is clean. <laughs> he loves to it's, get long bath. It's the pirate from our pirate books. Oh yeah, the one that. Yeah. What episode was that? Episode like four or whatever. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy sounds. Oh, super he was fucking great. Except he didn't listen to our our lady whenever she's like, "Yeah, but my kids might get murdered," and he's like, "No, it's fine. I have a great plan." 
<laughs> but at least his plans worked. His plans did work. Guess someone's like, oh, I have a plan. Oh, no, it went horribly. <laughs> I'm stuck in the water again. Um, but so that also means I'm just going to fuck Richard. Like, Richard's got a lot of shit going he's on. He's got a lot of shit and going on. And he's a little on. too um, buttoned stuck up. up. Yeah, yeah, buttoned up for me. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a funny man. No, he's very duty, blah, blah, blah. He also, like, there's this good moment because he does not um he does not broker infidelity mm-hmm. and so there's a point where he finds out about the engagement harry's engagement to verona harry doesn't tell julius so harry keeps fucking julius and richard sort of walks in on them is basically just like i do not stand for infidelity especially when it's against my cousin so get the fuck out and like to the point that harry's like i'm about to get kicked out of his house and cut off and everything's gonna be terrible and then he has this thought he's like how come everybody else gets to be unfaithful and i don't like why does richard care so much it's like that is a good question that we do not have answered in this book no no it's probably in another book in the series probably in richard's book yeah so yeah i assume he's number three yeah. Maybe number two. He might be the next one. Anyway, so I'll fuck anyway. him. Yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm going to do the same things. Um, oh, Julius. Julius. Especially now that he knows how to have sex. Yeah, but he like, so handsome. He's he, so handsome. And the, the, the night that he has to go rescue Harry was like, I don't feel like being out in, so- in society. I'll just I'll have a nice glass of wine, sit by the fire, read this new novel that just came out called Frankenstein. Sounds like I just want a quiet night in. I'm like, I also sometimes just want a quiet night in, Julius. Thank you. I am old and I am tired. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm going to marry him. I'm also going to fuck Richard. Um, I imagine he's going to try and work through some of his trauma during that, and I'm not going to like it over much, but it'll be fine. It'll still be better than uh, Gaston, because who knows? Who knows what what medical conditions one might receive from having sex with him the other crabs the other crabs in addition if you're yeah the other crabs if you're lucky <laughs> uh, <laughs> and out of all of the characters claire oh you know i really did like harry uh yeah i think like he learned a lot he i agree he was selfish um but i like how that came about i liked him so much i would definitely marry harry Fair. Like he was very good in bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, super fun. Very generous. A, a rebel who who kind of comes by it a second time, really honestly. And mm-hmm. again, I think we could have we wanted more from that, but yeah. I I really still liked it. So definitely Harry. Um, which means I think I'm gonna fuck Julius. Okay. Because. You know, I mean, he comes in second in my mind, if only because, like, he's so foppish. Like, it's just like, there's an, there's an extra little bit of Bacchanal there that I'm not quite up for. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more antisocial than he is. <laughs> uh, more quiet nights than he's actually up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think, you know, I'd be a little bit retreating for him. So, one night out would be great. Um, and I'm going to kill Gaston. <laughs> so like, <laughs> no, there's no, he's just so bad at plans. And then he blamed he's her immediately. So bad at plans. It was, it was like immediately a bad plan. And he blamed her. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even get washed up on a deserted island properly. Uh, there was a town right over there. Right over there. He never saw it. Uh, he Surely he would have seen like smoke. He was the one that went out exploring. I know. He didn't even see. He, oh, God. They were out on that beach fucking for days. Days. 
Ugh. And all she had was coconuts when she could have like a suckling pig that was I right know. There. They did have some fish too. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. But still, just coconuts and fish. Oh, no. I don't like either of those Look, things. They got sunburned so bad. They got, they got sunburned so bad. <sighs> but yeah. Yeah. And of, Great. Of the Gr- books. Now I need to do mine. Oh, oh, sorry. I forget things. I forget things. <laughs> Um, in-person chaos energy. Um, I would, uh, I would also fuck Julius. Um, neither of us would stick around because he'd be like, okay, bye. To be like, okay, I guess. Um, but he seems fun now that he knows what he's doing. I would also marry Harry, especially end of book Harry now that he has the money. But we would use that money to be fancy gentlemen, but then also subvert the government and the aristocracy. Yay! Yes, we would like smuggle money to like revolutionaries, not revolutionaries, I mean, essentially revolutionaries, um, and worked. Yeah, that's what we'd, we'd, we'd get Manchester, a member of parliament. God damn it. That was, I didn't know that was a thing. It, like Manchester is one of the largest cities in the country. And for them to not have representation in parliament ever was like that, that ever was a thing is bonkers to me. And I'm like, yeah, yes. Get them an MP. They deserve it. They have funny accents. They need someone who can talk like them in parliament. <laughs> Um, and then I would kill, uh, Gideon because the, we find out the only reason why he, cause, uh, his parents had been dead for six years before Gideon, like, tried to find him. The only reason he looked for him was because the other son had died. So this is, like, his only chance for an heir. And he even says as much to Harry. He's like, the only reason you're here is because you're related to me, and I wish you weren't, but here's... He, he called his mom a whore. He called his dad an idiot. All to that, his face. To his time. face all the time. He, like, said obviously said shitty things about Verona, and she's like, oh, yeah, sometimes he slaps me, and I'm like, yeah, of course he does, because he's back... The way that they talked... I was expecting him to have a heart attack during one of his tirades, though, just the way that... The, I did, too. I did, just, too. And I was like, that would solve everyone's problems. Um, but, yeah, he was just a cranky old man. Oh, and then... Um, because he's not from the prominent branch of the family. Richard's brother is the head of the family because he's the he's the Marquess. He's the Marquess. So he and his wife are in charge of the family. And there's a scene where like shit's shit's gotten bad enough that the Marquess and the Marchioness have been brought in to sort of figure out what to do. And Gideon's like, oh, I'm going to kick you out. I'm going to cut you off. I'm blah, blah, blah. And the Marchioness is like, no, you're not. Because A, that's shitty. B, that makes us look like we believe the accusations. So you're going to keep paying to keep him up. And then Gideon's like, ah, that bitch thinks she can tell me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck that guy. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he was He was a terrible... He was a great villain. He was a really good villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and intentionally... I will say, I mean, like... All the villains were good villains. And Gaston, I never felt he was a villain. He was just incompetent and not nice. Yeah. But he wasn't egregious like some of the other men that we've read. I so never wanted to fuck him. I never book. wanted to fuck I him, but I also wanted... never wanted to kill him. I'm like, he's going to take care of that with himself with some harebrained scheme of his. So it's all going to be fine. And the book's Claire. Um, well, I think I am going to kill... Uh, I'm going to kill Rescued by the Buccaneer. It's Fair. Just, 
I just didn't get me there. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who would really like this book. Yes. And I think if you're into pirates and you're also into kind of the old fashioned romance novels, this is for you. Yeah. But it, it just wasn't for me, so I'm gonna kill it. Yeah. The the when I bought it, it had one cover art, and then when I downloaded it, it had a new cover art <laughs> the new cover art is very bodice ripper cover art so it tells you exactly what it is yeah yeah so and i think i'm gonna marry a fashionable indulgence yeah. i really liked it i thought it was a lot of fun I, it was it was a good book it was a mm-hmm. good read i i you know we, we were reading i was reading it super fast so i could get it done for the podcast but like i think i'm gonna go back and reread it slower okay okay yeah. okay yeah i would do the same i'm gonna kill um Rescued by the Buccaneer, one, because it was not the theme that I wanted, which is not the book's fault. That's only my fault, but I get to kill the book and the book can't kill me. So here we are. (laughs) Um, No, it also like, like when they were on that beach fucking and nothing was happening for a while. And it's just like, I'd like to see Gaston be competent in something at least once. And it just, and the whole like, oh, with the, with the evil captain that like, oh, she started liking it. I'm like, why are we doing this? I, uh, anyway, and then parts of it were not good. Some of the syntax was super clunky. It's like, there's a point at the beginning where it's like, oh, she, she was angered by the dismissal of her. I'm like, that is not how you know. Yeah, even the reader like would trip over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best here. And then I'm also gonna gonna marry um a fashionable indulgence because of course it's my problematic fave, so of course I like it. But it's also KJ Charles, who's fucking amazing. The book was so good. I love the characters. I know you don't like having to keep a track of keep track of a bunch of characters, but I like what I like it was having good work. World building. Yes. And I liked all the world. I liked, I thought the characters like were well written enough so that I remembered what they did and who they were, even if I didn't remember their name. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that is good. Like this, yeah. is, as far as like numerous characters goes, for the most part, with a couple of notable exceptions, I thought they were well. Yeah. I liked, I like when there are enough, especially in a book like this, when there are enough characters that they can just throw at us out of nowhere it's like oh and then this person's important all of a sudden and you're like oh yeah that guy oh shit because he's actually connected to ah i really enjoy that kind of thing so the intrigue uh yeah yeah so does that mean that it's time for our favorite game it is time for our favorite game <gasps> christine yes! yes and it was actually on time because we're in person and can look at each other oh, and there's no lag a perfect perfect oh. I'm so glad we commented on it yeah <laughs> you know something's good when you have to interrupt the flow to comment on how good it was oh all right so are we ready yes all right the first book is morbidly yours <gasps> a steamy comedy about love and luck by Ivy Fairbanks and the second one is Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. I, so, I mean, is it... I, I can't remember what that... I remember Cemetery Boys and that it wasn't out. Is it Morticians? I mean, that's very close. Is it cemeteries? It's cemeteries. Yeah. And we went to a cemetery yesterday. And we went to a cemetery well, yesterday. Some of us went some to a cemetery some yesterday. Some of us had to work. 
Okay. I'm excited to read Cemetery Boys because I, I remember know. you being so excited about it, but then it wasn't out yet. I know. I, know. I even called up like the agent and was like, can we get this early so we could review it? And the answer was no. And I was like, damn, now we have to, we had to pick a different book, like yeah, surprise our listeners with it. Thing. But now we can listen, we can read Cemetery Boys and we're reading along with it, Morbidly Yours. So <gasps> My first thought was with Morbidly Yours, I also thought it was going to be Mortician's. Yeah. But then Cemetery Boys, I was like, well, it's probably cemeteries or like the undead. I know, I was like, something. it's not ghosts. It's not ghosts. It's not vampires. It's not zombies because we've done all those, but. Cemeteries. 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 Love it. Nice. Ugh. Yay! Yay! Oh, that's right. Spooky season. <laughs> yes. Yes. It'll come out right after spooky time. Still spooky season. Is that Ramiro? That noise? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you always mention it, and I, I can never hear it. Yes, he snores so loud. You're sorry for the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Okay. He's out cold right now, just absolutely out cold. A little toe stretch. A little stretch. He's been having dreams. Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. We know we tear these books apart, and we don't put them back together. But the thing is, we bought these books. You have our money. We do want to support you. And also, like, honestly, keep writing. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, please do. Do, do, do. I mean, they already have. These are the beginnings of the <laughs> series. These <laughs> these writers, they don't need our opinions, they these writers. They don't, they, they don't need us to do this at all. <laughs> They're fine. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. You are some of our favorite people. And how can they support us more if they'd like to? Well, always rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you happen to be a dandy or have secretly found out that you're a member of the aristocracy, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash fmklitpod. There'll be a link in the description. But if you don't do that, we recommend putting that whole thing into the URL patreon.com slash fmklitpod it is hard to find us on patreon because we say dirty words dirty dirty words like cum geyser well done thank you well I guess all we have left to say is that if you can do so safely and consensually and on a beach why not with crabs (laughs) (laughs) with the real crabs with the real crabs (laughs) 